This morning's gospel lesson is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, and it begins in verse 1 through verse 11. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples, telling them, Go into the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there with her foal. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, see your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and its foal. Then they laid their clothes on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. Then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in an uproar, saying, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth. In Galilee. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. When I was a young girl, I loved Palm Sunday. I got to be part of the Palm Parade, and I got to tease my little brother with the palm leaf. I remember hearing the story of Jesus's entry into Jerusalem and singing hymns of Hosanna, even in our small country, United Methodist Church, where we didn't dare show our excitement too much. It felt like everyone was rejoicing and excited that Jesus was coming. I learned that Hosanna means hooray, and that on that first Palm Sunday, people were shouting, hooray, Jesus is here, our King has come. But later, I learned that there is another side to Palm Sunday and to that picture that we see. Before my husband Russ was a chef, he was a photographer, and he started out doing weddings. Russ taught me that what's in the background of a picture matters. It can change how we understand the story that the picture tells. For example, say Russ took two photos of a happy couple on their wedding day. If in the first one you see the newlyweds and in the background there are people smiling and dancing and having a grand old time. And then in the second picture, you see those same newlyweds exactly where they were in the first picture. But in the background, you see the bride's mom and stepmom fighting over in the corner. The first image shows the day that is filled with joy and celebration. And then the second image of that same moment in the day captures family fights and the stress of that same joy-filled day. A similar contrast can be seen in this story of Palm Sunday. When we look at today's scripture, it's easy to see it as this great celebration that it was. Jesus' royal processional into Jerusalem. Rulers at that time would ride into the city with a parade of soldiers on horseback and on foot. 
banners flying and onlookers who were cheering and clapping, like that celebrity that Jenny was talking about. As Jesus rides into Jerusalem, we see this celebrity welcome. A very large crowd, it says, spread their clothes on the road. Others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. And then the crowd shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. They were treating Jesus like a king. But then in a second picture of Palm Sunday, we see those joyful shouts of Hosanna, hooray, Jesus is here, our king has come. We see those turn into pleas of Hosanna, Jesus, we beg you, save us, O Lord. And that's actually what Hosanna means. Save us, O Lord. The second picture shows the background, the, the context of the different realities of that time and place in history. Jerusalem was this troubled political center of ancient Israel, where the Romans ruled and the, the Jewish people longed for freedom, and they were willing to use violence to achieve it. And they believed that Jesus was the king that Isaiah spoke about when he said, For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The Jewish people expected Jesus to bring them out of slavery by overthrowing the Roman government and ending the oppression that they had felt for centuries. Their excited cries of Hosanna were, were tinged with this, this panic and this desperation as they thought back to the thousands of years when Israel was truly great when the surrounding nations were, were repelled and the kingdom of David and then Solomon, they were extended further and further than ever before. That's what they were hoping for, what they were expecting from Jesus, for Jesus to bring that again. Hosanna, save us, O Lord. The Jewish people were expecting this great warrior to save them from slavery, to demolish the Roman empire. But Jesus wasn't the Messiah, the Savior that they were expecting. Instead of being a Savior of brute strength, Jesus was a Savior of compassion and justice. He used his intellect to challenge people with parables and stories about God's truth and love. He came to build a new kingdom, not by demolishing the Roman Empire, but by confronting people's hopes and desires and reconciling them with God's plan. Jesus didn't come into Jerusalem with swords drawn and cavalry in tow ready to do battle, but we see that he came in riding on a humble donkey, a symbol of peace, aware of what he was getting himself into and prepared to sacrifice himself for God's purpose. Jesus did not save them in the way that they were expecting. When I met Russ, his dream job was to be a fashion photographer, which is funny to think about now. And actually, it was kind of funny then, too. 
after our son Joseph was born, he got this big brand name client and he thought he was well on his way to making a name for himself. He would fly to all kinds of locations and shoots for his photos and his photos were on billboards and hanging in storefront windows. And we had it all planned out. He would become a famous photographer and we would travel the world together while he was doing his photography shoots. But through what we now call a series of unfortunate events, he lost that client and he came to truly doubt his ability as a photographer. Russ had focused so much on that one client that there wasn't much work to be had once they left. And we wonder, well, what are we going to do? What is Russ going to do? How would his business recover from this? A friend got him a few jobs doing food photography, and he traveled down to Cincinnati to shoot a cookbook for the Hilton there. And along with that, a few menus of some of the best restaurants in town. And while on one of the shoots, the food stylist asked, why are you behind the camera? I've never seen you get as excited about pictures as you do about when you're talking about the food. And that put a seed in Russ's mind and his heart. And then out of nowhere, it seemed, one of his buddies invited him to do a pop-up dinner with him. Ever the pragmatist, I was adamant, no way. You need to focus on your photography business right now. You can't be distracted by this food stuff. But Russ convinced me to let him give it a shot. The first farm to table pop-up was a raving success. And the next two after that were sold out. Now through hard work and study and mentorship, his, his work and his passion is to create some of the most beautiful and downright delicious food you have ever had. God did not save us in the way that I was expecting. Right now, I think many of us are praying, Jesus, we beg you, save us, O Lord. And what we mean is for God to put an end to this virus and for life to go back to normal. But what if God doesn't save us in the way that we expect or want? I fully believe that God can and will put an end to this virus. But when that happens, life will not go back to normal, at least not the normal that we knew before. This experience will forever change us. In fact, I think God is right now in the process of saving us showing us what's actually important in life, how little we need and how rich we truly are already. Jesus was not the savior that the Jewish people were looking for. Like all of us, they have their own plans and their own expectations of what would be best for them. But Jesus came to save them in a different way. And many of them missed it. They didn't see the Savior that was standing right in front of them because they were distracted by their own expectations. I pray that that doesn't happen to us. I pray that this coming week, you, we, will be able to open our eyes and focus not on our own expectations, but on the different ways that God is already saving us through restoration 
and redemption, grace and transformation. And as we cry out, Hosanna, save us, O Lord, we can be worried and we can be concerned, but we can also be excited knowing that God will save us, that God already has saved us because our Savior has already conquered death in order to show us God's divine love and truth. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Most Holy Lord, we pray that you will teach us to humbly watch for your way instead of focusing on our own desires. Remind us that although our plans might seem great, you have unimaginable glories for us to experience. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. Amen. Malik is going to play.